a special edition of the Financial Freedom Podcast delivered with personality by the team from Rachel Bell Wealth Management. It's a new year, we've all got our eyes on the future and what it holds and the team thought it would be a great idea to get together and to discuss some of the things you might want to consider when you're planning your own financial future for 2023 and beyond. Now, before we go any further, please note that the discussion points we're covering this podcast are our own views or those of the guest speakers and do not constitute financial advice. We always recommend that you speak with a professional before considering your own situation and taking action. Now, we enjoyed a very successful first season of the pod. It's a happy memory and also exists in the archives of all of your favorite streaming services. So if you haven't had a listen and this is the first time you join us, please do take a look back at some of the fantastic content that was produced over the last 10 months or so. I'm joined today in the studio by practice principal Rachel Bell, by client experience director Pam Brown. And down the line, we have financial advisor Abigail O'Brien, three of the four ladies at Rachel Bell Wealth Management. How are you all doing? Fantastic, James. Great, thanks. How are we doing, Abigail? Good, good, good. Well, a very happy new year to you all. So much stretches ahead, and I think we start a new year with hope about what lies ahead, but perhaps sometimes a little bit of fear, especially if we're in difficult times, which we are at the moment. And what we're going to do today, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong guys is just take a look at some of the ways in which people can take control of their finances and also explore how you help them to achieve uh, a sense of financial freedom and a plan is that a fair summary brilliant summary james wonderful well at the start of a new year i think we all start to make plans uh, in, in a whole host of areas and i think what i'd like to explore with you all first is planning for your future self in a in a financial capacity so Rachel I'm going to ask you to kick us off with this one and just fill me in with what that might entail and then Pam and Abigail please do chip in as and when you feel necessary I think why we think about it more in terms of planning for your future self is because sometimes if you're trying to save or you're trying to put money away whether that be for um a big holiday or your next home or helping kids through university, you can sometimes feel like you're depriving yourself a little bit um, and you have to go without something in order for something else to happen. Whereas if you kind of just take a step back and think about how it fits into your future self and the dreams and aspirations that you've got about what you want that to look like, then all of a sudden that deprivation takes a, a little bit of a different angle. Um, And you can think, okay, we want to look at enjoying the journey to get there. But what do we want to or what can we think about giving up now in order for those dreams to become um, a reality rather than an aspiration? So are are we talking personal sacrifices here? Are are we talking not doing something big because you've got an eye on 15 years down the line or... Just give me a bit more detail about how that works. Well, let's say, for example, James, that you were planning an amazing family holiday um, this next year. Okay, so you were planning an amazing family holiday and you wanted to share so many experiences uh, with children um, and almost cost wasn't necessarily going to be the main priority. 
then if we kind of tried to tell you that you couldn't do that because we wanted to plan for your 15-year self, then you wouldn't be too happy about that at all. So we need to understand what your objectives are now, what plans you've got in place, what you want to do, what's important to you. And then we can kind of peel that back a little bit to think, okay, we've got this big holiday. Are we going to do that again the year after? Or do we necessarily want to have three bottles of wine on the weekend? Could we maybe make it two? There's loads of different things that you can start to peel back without feeling that you're going without. Okay, yeah. And and then a picture starts to build up. And I guess with slight changes to lifestyle and the things that you do, you can very much influence the future in a significant way. Is that is that what we're saying? Yeah, and what, because what we find is when we're going through um, detailed income and expenditure w- with our clients, one, you can feel quite vulnerable in going through that in the first instance, but you become a lot more aware of where your money's going because when you're busy running your own business or you know sorting everything out for your parents or for your kids, you don't get the chance to take a step back and have a look at that. So whilst you're being vulnerable, it's also allowing us to look at what what you like doing, what you enjoy doing. And it's not about stopping any of that. It's about you choosing to divert a little bit of it somewhere else. So just tell me where this comes in the process, because I think if I was to contact a financial advisor that I didn't know before and didn't have a relationship with, and the next minute they're asking me detailed questions about my incomes and outgoings. I, I'm not entirely convinced that I would feel comfortable with that. Where, where in the process does, where in the process does all this come? You, first, James, you're totally right with that, and we would never expect anybody. Um, you know, we we rock up and ask for all of your bank statements and uh, and a cup of tea. And thank you very much. It actually, starts well before that when you would take a brave step probably of picking up the phone to us or perhaps we've been given your details and recommended by somebody else and we pick up the phone to you and it's just about having a chat we want to know what your perception is as to what we're going to what you're expecting from us and very often we will immediately turn around and say no you know we're really just going to sit and have a chat and a cup of tea and get to know you and in the first instance when we're meeting clients that's all it's about Um, for us there are no um, fees or charges for that part Um, there's no obligation it's on us because I wouldn't trust somebody with something that's really important to me until I got to know them and we wouldn't expect that from any of our clients either Um, so asking you to be vulnerable would probably come like at the end of a first meeting where we're asking you to share that information um, for us in the future, not straight away. And and does that involve multiple members of the Rachel Bell Wealth Management team? It, it can't all be you, Rachel, going in and, you know, being the asker of the questions, the note taker, the administrator, the advisor, the planner. Where does everyone fit in? That's what Rachel's got me for. Ah. <laughs> and enter Pam. We um, more often than not, um, I'm I'm there at the first meeting, second meeting. I'm the note taker, uh, which allows Rachel to to do what she's uh, what she's best at, which is talk uh, and listen. 
Um, listening is very important. Obviously, we listen to the client, but I, I just, I literally just sit and scribble, um, and um, it, it can have some quite amusing results at the second meeting when I read word for word back to clients what what they'd said at the first one, um, which which w we do quite a lot. But then I also get involved with, um, you know, my background in banking. I, I'm the one that actually sits and goes through the income and expenditure once the client's got to the point that they've given us that information. Um, and I will, because what, what a client thinks they spend can quite often be very difficult to, uh, very different to what um, what they actually spend. So um, I actually, I'm the one that takes the time to go through the bank statements and, uh, and pick out what they do spend. And that is what our first chat and conversation is all about. Because you don't have the time to ordinarily take a step back and think about things. So I will ask quite a lot of searching questions, but nice searching questions that you've probably never even thought about, but are so important because those questions will help shape your future. And it's helping you to think about what you do really want. And for us to sit and listen and to build a plan around what you want is the key to all of it. Pam taking notes, I mean, we joke, yes, you know, and me being really good at talking, but by combining our skills of having the listening, the questioning, the note-taking, it means that we can then really start to focus just on you. Okay, so uh, if you have a pension pot and you're not entirely sure what's going on with it, if you have uh, savings or some accumulated wealth in the, in, in the bank, if you have some uh, some properties that you get an income from, anything like that, and you don't have somebody in your corner advising you on the best way to deal with those funds, I guess what we're saying in 2023 is find uh, the courage, uh, and not courage because it's a scary prospect um, or because something horrible is going to happen when you do, but it can be difficult to do. Find the courage or the time to just pick up the phone and and to call a financial advisor. And uh, we would, of course, say call Rachel Bell Wealth Management, um, but call a financial advisor and start that journey to uh, to planning for your future self. Yep, that's okay. exactly it. So the economy is, uh, is erratic at the moment, to say the least. And our heads are filled with a whole load of noise from news media platforms, uh, commentators, uh, so-called specialists on social media. I'd like to explore with you guys um, the the concepts of financial resilience over the next 12 months and, and what that means from all of your perspectives and then perhaps, you, you know, share what it means from my perspective and see what your take is on that. Who's going to kick me off with a, a, a little bit on financial resilience in 2023 Ooh, i think we should kick i would like to kick off with what you think financial resilience is so for me right now um financial resilience would be uh, my family and my family i mean my my wife and three kids not my extended family. So as a unit, us being self-sustainable, being able to pay all the bills, being able to put a little bit of money away for the future, uh, being able to um, hopefully enjoy a holiday this year, but, you know, 
bills are increasing at a, at a at a scary rate. So so for me it would be I think getting to the end of this year and being okay. And what I mean by that is is getting to the end of the year having got through it and covered all the bills, having got through it and hopefully um continue to to save a little bit, having got through it and my uh, my pension fund is uh, in as good a shape as it can be in the context of the economy and the markets. Uh, so in a, in a financial resilience perspective, that's what, you know, rather, that's what financial resilience would mean to me for the next 12 months. And that might be different in 2024 because the landscape would be different. But certainly for the next year, that's what it would mean to me. Mm. The key part, a couple of things that you said there, James, that are really key one is that financial resilience does mean something different to everybody. And without kind of getting too philosophical, if we could turn back time and look at how much more resilient we have all become over the last three years, I think that's actually something that we should give a bit of thought to and and and, and in some way celebrate because we've been through a huge amount of change you know, the world did literally change overnight with COVID-19. Um, and I know as a business owner, I learned some really difficult but very valuable lessons. Um, and we did batten down the hatches and we did look at saving more. We did spend less. But out of that, I feel a lot more um, organised, Stuff isn't as important. And you mentioned the word about feeling lucky to not be worried about, um, you know, the the, the food uh, bills or the, or the fuel too much. But I would challenge the fact that that's down to what you've achieved and what you've done over a very difficult period that means that you can sit back a bit because of the planning that you've done that's made you more resilient. So having that planning in place, even though you didn't necessarily realise it, you just worked through and you just got your head down and you got on. That was what was made you more resilient and getting through COVID and getting through everything that 2022 threw our way. Um, you know, we don't mention go back to politics or anything like that. But again, there was a lot of valuable lessons. And for me, it's not all about thinking that's gone, that's done, and it was really hard. It, it, it's why I'm stronger because of it. And one of the things that we discuss as a, as a team quite a bit is sometimes events can make us very anxious, very worried, but learning to manage that anxiety and that worry, if it's around money or if it's around your children's future or about your parents, looking at how you can manage it, the anxiety goes if you can look inwards and look at what you can do to manage it yourself. And it's about taking control and putting yourself in a position of choice. So at the end of the year, you know that you will be okay, your family will be okay, and that you're making plans going forward for what 2024 will have in store. And your priorities and resilience for 2024 will be different to what they are today. Abigail, what does financial resilience mean to you as somebody who is at least 15 years younger than the youngest one of us around these <laughs> microphones right now? 
I think to me it's about having room to manoeuvre and adapt if something unexpected comes, I guess. Um, you know, knowing what you've got coming in, what you've got going out, if a bill's, you know, £30 more expensive than you thought, you've got room to manoeuvre in your plan to be able to address that. Yeah. I think for me, um, you know, you've thought about the year ahead, thought about events you've got upcoming, thought about, you know, you've you factored things into account and really got a grip of your budget in to give you more control and freedom in it. Um, because I know even for me, the past few months, I've been putting my heating on and thinking, oh, what's the bill going to be at the end? Can I afford to do this? You know, life kind of like, oh, so I've got my smart meter out and now I can keep a track of what I'm actually on. So, yeah, so I think for me it's about being in control and being able to adapt. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Abigail, there's a, there's, you know, obviously being a lot, a lot younger than than we are, um, but there's there's a generation, um, you know, this the 2022 brought you know higher interest rates um, for the first time in, gosh, what nearly 13 years, um, where you you know there's 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 for 13 years we've lived in a low interest rate environment and uh, and inflation was was you know pretty steady for for most of that time as well so. Um, you know, th there's a lot of people that that maybe didn't plan for for, for those those little bills increasing um, over time. Um, there's a lot of people that did, um, but but financial resilience as well is about is it like like Abigail's just said there. It's about planning for for the, when the bills do go up because you know inevitably at some point they will. But not just about that. You know, one of the huge areas that you know, I mean, I I am fifty in 2023 did i whisper that i'm 15 2023 but we speak to so many people who are very anxious about their future and their retirement because they don't know what they've already got they don't um and there's nothing wrong with this at all because pensions are very very complicated they know they've got pensions, but they don't really know what they're going to do and what they're going to deliver for them. So again, that creates worry and anxiety. Whereas we can undo all of that and help unravel that worry and anxiety and m help it make sense to your future, which that kind of thing builds your resilience as well. Because that then enables you to carry on doing what you're good at, having a plan to know what how you can get to the future that you want to achieve and that you can make it happen. You're in control of it. And for me, I think that would be the biggest message for 2023 is about you taking control of your own destiny. Um, and that sounds quite profound to say that, but it's not as hard as people think to do that as long as you've got a team who will support you with it along the way. You mentioned quite a few people don't know what they've got. They know they've got a pension, but they don't know what they've got. I think that brings me on neatly to the next question I had, really. And it's it's a question that I've asked myself uh, and yourself, actually, over the last couple of years. And that is, how much do I actually need to retire? Now, I'm not planning to retire for a good while. But I want to know that when I do retire, I'm not going to be a poor old man scraping a living. 
I want 30 or 40 years of graft to be reflected in the sort of lifestyle that I'm able to enjoy, hopefully with my wife and, you know, kids and grandkids and the rest of it. How, how much, how much do people need? Brilliant question. And, you know, that, that, that age old, if I had a pound for every time it would have been asked that, then I would be retired. It very much depends on you thinking about what you want. And it's another reason why when we look at what you're spending and what your life looks like now, that gives us a real insight. And if we then strip away, you know, hopefully things like a mortgage will be repaid by the time that you're retired. Um, hopefully the children will be independent um, by that time. You know, if we strip away all of those things, we can start to build a picture of what your needs are today. Because all we can plan for is today. So effectively, looking at what your needs are, building in your dream holidays, um, you know, when you kind of want to renew your car, all the things that you would want to achieve when you do stop work, or some people don't have, don't have physician stopping work, they just want to reduce work, then we can start to build and tell you the answer to that question as how much you need. Because we're planning for a 100-year living as well, James. So the chances are that you could be retired for longer than you've been at work. And that's quite a scary thought. So not only do we want to plan for when you do finish work, but we need to make sure that money lasts as well. So the understanding what your life is now helps shape what you can do in the future. And then we can put the, put the numbers around it. The numbers are the easy bit. It's you thinking about it that's often the difficult bit. Abigail, when you're when you're working with, I know you do a lot of work with young professionals, so younger people. Is 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 retirement planning and what they need to put away for the future even on their radars? Is there an age when people start to think about this stuff? So what I found last year was there was actually a lot of young professionals that were trying to do everything at once and were a bit sort of stressed about it because how do you prioritise and how do you achieve? everything that you want so they'd say right I'm concerned about state pension and um, I want to make sure I can retire right I've heard investing's good how do I go about doing that okay I need to save for a house and I had all these different things going on and it is just a case of prioritizing um you know for example if you have a workplace pension make sure you opted in if there's one available opt in um and you know that's making a start there it's, yeah, you just can't do everything at once. And I do think young professionals are thinking ahead um, more than particularly older people would expect them to. Yeah, I think that's key, a really good point, Abigail, because even, you know, a lot of people do think that they have to do it all now. And that's not real. It's like New Year's resolutions. If we try and just stop everything you're only going to be able to sustain that for a very short period of time i can't i don't can't remember what the figures are around that but research tells us that new year's resolutions more often than not don't work so if you want a plan to work don't try and do everything at once but let's just make a start because it's not all about doing everything today we can build on the plan and make sure it's sustainable and that applies whether you're 
in your 30s or whether you're in your 50s and you're really starting to worry that you haven't got enough or how much do you need to retire. Um, the only time it's a problem is if you come to me and you're saying you want to retire tomorrow and you haven't done anything. That might be a difficult conversation. Let's move on. We've, so we, we've touched briefly there on pensions. In fact, we've touched on pensions perhaps throughout this pod. There's going to be a lot of people at the moment panicking about pension pots, the value of pension pots, another year potentially of financial instability. Where, where, how do we start to unpick that and offer a level of reassurance to these people? And are there any proactive steps they can take to um, assuage some of those fears? Um, I think it's a case of, you know, what we do for a lot of clients is we just gather and collate the information. So it's a case of, right, you've got this pension with this provider. It's got this much in it. And what their paperwork that they've sent out to you says is when you're at retirement age, it's going to be worth this. And it's a simple exercise that doesn't take us long, but it really makes things click and puts things in into perspective for people to say, right, this is what I've got. This is what it means. Um, especially, especially if they've got more than one, which more often that, you know, you know, when I when I started work, um, you know, job for life existed, you know, people people were in employment. Now you, you, you regularly come across people with three, four, five, six different pension pots. Um, so it's, it's no wonder that they have actually no clue what that means for them. Mm. Yeah. Um, but on your point that you're talking about in terms of people worrying and, you know, 2022 was a, um, a particularly volatile year. And, and again, I'm, I think I'm doing quite a lot of philosophy today, actually, James. It's, um, the only certainty is uncertainty. And there is a great deal of opportunity in that. But there's so much noise that when something is thrown at you 24-7 and the media um, catastrophizes so much, you know, um, the, some of the headlines that you read, they make you want to run for the hills. You know, so again, from a New Year perspective, is just to cut back some of that noise and look at what it really means. So the reality that what we bring to the table is is that. Sometimes it's very much a reality check for helping our clients to understand actually what is going on and what does it mean for your plan. And if it doesn't mean anything to your longer-term plan, how much does it mean that we need to change something because there's volatility and there's uncertainty? Because that's, that is part of investing. It's part of life. There will always be something happening that's going to have an impact on our lives um, our ability to plan or, you know, think curveballs that come our way. But it doesn't always necessarily mean that we need to ch turn the world upside down either. The day-to-day -day things, really, it, it always tickles me because I've got a friend and um, he'll say to me, how's your pension pot doing? <laughs> uh, and, 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 and a couple of years ago, uh, before, you know, Ukraine and, and, and COVID and all that, I said, oh, it's all right, it's up like X percent. 
6%. And he said, oh, mine's up 7%. And I said, well, don't go all spending it, mate, because um, first of all, you're not going to get it for another 20 years. And uh, in another 20 years, you might not have it. And more recently, uh, he's been saying, how's your pension pot doing? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, it's down by about 7%. But in the context of the market, I don't think that's too bad. How about yours? And he said, oh, it's down 11 and I said, well, you know, in the same way I tell you not to sweat, not to not to spend it when it's up, don't sweat it because it's down. Exactly. Because yeah. we've got probably another two or three market cycles to get through yet before you and me are on a boat with a, a glass of champagne enjoying retirement, mate. So uh, I think people can live in the here and now, can't they? And, you know, if, if, unless you are retiring in the very, very short term, you know, my view has always been, you know, take an interest but don't really worry, you know, don't celebrate the highs or, 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 or um, mourn the lows because things tend to even out and go up in time. They do, but human nature, I think at a time when everything feels um, not particularly in a good place or where there's so much going on, human nature then dictates that we want to take control of something and our time horizon shortens and and that's just, it's... It, 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 totally okay to feel oh my god my pension's down or everything like that but what we don't want to do is that you necessarily react to it when that reaction isn't necessary uh, because you know history tells us that the long term is especially when it comes to pension planning is where you see the real returns and the risk of trying to time the markets or come out of the markets and go back in means that you can miss some amazing days of really positive performance. And that's it. You know, you can miss some of the best days and it can significantly affect the performance over uh, over a period of time. But you need to be able to have that conversation and you need to be able to talk through and help have somebody there to help you navigate that. And that's our job. You know, our job, we should be working our backsides off when times are not good. Um, and, and last year, there were times when we thought, you know, God, can you just give us a bit of a break and for everything to go quite swimmingly for a week, uh, <laughs> maybe. But our job is to help you navigate that and to put it into perspective for what it actually means to you now. Okay. So... On the uh, subject of client, and you're right, Rachel, you are in uh, an A-star philosophical um, frame of mind. It's like we've got Confucius in the studio with us. Um, <laughs> we, we, we've spoken about clients and we, we've spoken about your interaction with clients in, in in a whole host of ways through planning for your future self and um, financial resilience and pension planning and the markets and understanding the markets and having someone on your side. And, you know... I imagine there's a whole host of other things that we could go into, but we try and keep these pods relatively tight. So just in the in the context of everything that we've discussed and with a view of what may you know what might go on this year if we continue to um experience instability in the markets and pots going up and down and people wondering what on earth they should do with the money or their assets. Can you talk through the people listening? What happens after they first pick up the phone to you? What's what's the customer journey and what can they expect? I'm going to ask Pam to answer that one, actually. Well, um, 
Yeah, I mean, well, basically the customer journey and what they can expect is it, it's actually really important to get that message across because I think Rachel said a little bit earlier on um, that the perception of, of what it's going to be like when they see a financial advisor um, is actually probably quite different to what it actually is like um, and, and, can, and it can be a barrier. It can stop people picking up the phone and contacting us in the first place. Um, we, we're really not scary um, and it isn't it isn't formal, it isn't stressful, it, you know, you know and, and I think that's the perception that, that new clients have. Um, again, I think Rachel said that, that the first step is just to chat. It really is just a chat, a cup of tea and a biscuit. Isn't that right, Abigail? <laughs> yes, I do love a, a biscuit and a cup of tea on my arrival. <laughs> when I when I make appointments for Abigail, I I tell the new client that Abigail likes particularly good biscuits with her with her tea. What's your What's your biscuit of choice, Abigail? Sorry to interject here, it's Pam, all right. but I think we've we've hit a rich vein of content yeah. here. Um, <laughs> I, I, in fact, we'll go around the table. Abigail, um, what is your biscuit of choice? Mm, to be honest, I'm a bit greedy, so I'll have out, but. <laughs> Um, a cookie is always a good one. A cookie, a cookie for uh, Abigail, Pam. Oh, I, I, I like shortbread. Shortbread, Rachel. You know those ones that have got the thick chocolate, yes, and the shortbread on the inside, yes. And you know, the, uh, I I could talk as if it was in the advert. It's, it's the Marks just, and Spencer's it's middle one. It's not just any biscuit. <laughs> so you do, you'll do a packet of those and in double quick time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Mine will be a chocolate hobnob for the record. Um, <laughs> but, but we digress. So, yes. Um, yes. Sorry. Back to the, the, the brew and a biscuit. No, Pam. but this is, I mean, that, that, that illustrates my point though. This is how informal that first chat is. You know, it's a cup of tea and a biscuit. Um, and a chat and, and, you know, Rachel does does the questioning and, and does the listening or Abigail, if, if it's for Abigail, does the listening and we just listen to the client. You know, what, what is it they want? What is it they you know want to do? What are they worried about? What are they worried about? We'll have a look at the paperwork if if the client's you know happy for us to have a look at the paperwork at that point. Um, you know, we'll and we'll literally spend an hour and a half just chatting to them. Um, and usually at the end of that appointment, we, we're taking away, you know, bits and pieces of paperwork to have a look at. Like you said earlier, if the client's comfortable at that point, we may take bank statements to start looking at income and outgoings. Um, but, you, you know, we'll, we'll be guided by the client. Sometimes even boxes of paperwork. Oh, yeah, boxes. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and you, you mentioned before that at that point, there's no fee. So you'll go and have this conversation and there's not... There's not a charge for that initial conversation. That's that's you putting the time in yep. to understand the potential client. At at what point um, do they start to to part with their money? Or at what point does the fee structure become clear to them? We we make the we talk through the fee structure at that first meeting um, because again that helps to allay fears. Because the reality is that until we've gathered all of this information, everything that we've talked through today, until we've gathered information on all of their existing investments and pensions and chatted through about the hopes and dreams and aspirations, we then put a plan together, which again is still on us. Only when we present that plan and the client feels that it really reflects what the conversations that we've had, and they then choose to proceed and go ahead with that plan. 
only at that point would charges then come into play. So the whole journey up until then is on us. So you could kind of say that it, it's a bit of a risk. And actually, we were with some clients. Um, Pam and I were with some clients just yesterday yep. who we really helped them significantly to understand where they were now. And at the moment, there's nothing else for them to do. We're recommending that they just carry on building up their cash reserves. And, you know, he sat and he said, well, but, but there's nothing there for you right now. And I said, well, no, but when there is, and there will be, then we want to be the ones that you think about first because we're doing the right thing with you now by telling you actually there's nothing to do now other than carry on saving up your cash. But we will come back next year and we will kind of then look to take it forward um, because it's about the trust, James, and and that's something that's not particularly tangible. But when you've got that relationship with somebody, and as the, the lady again summarised it yesterday, she said, yes, yeah, so when we do get that inheritance in 10 years' time or when we have um, stopped supporting um, our child through university in London, then we've already got that relationship with you. Because our our business isn't one that's here just for the short term. Uh, you know, we are here for the long term and we do want to have a future um, where we're seen as as part of the client's journey. So essentially, after the first series of meetings, when you've done all your information gathering, yeah. you'll come back with a recommendation. And in the case of the uh, the the um, lady or the couple that you just spoke about, then the recommendation was, well, for now, you just need to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but it could be any number of different options that you would present to uh, a prospective client in terms of what they might do with the funds, where they might invest it um, and how they might work towards their own financial freedom. And Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's making a start. And again, sometimes we actually sometimes counsel people that we're not, you know, the long-term objectives might be that we're going to be looking at retirement planning, investing um, and, uh, you know, estate planning and everything, but we're not going to go through it all on day one because to be honest you'd lose the will to live um so it, it pulling people back and saying that's it's okay well let's do this bit first then we'll kind of um work with you on that because once we've gone on to that journey the review that's just the foundations so the review meetings and making sure that what changes in the world and what changes in your life is just as important as that initial step and is it common for you to sit down with multiple generations of a family when you hold these meetings? And the, and the reason I ask that is because I, I probably see myself as in the middle at the moment. So I've got my parents, um, I've got my siblings, I've got my own kids, and I've got one eye on, I want my kids to uh, grow up with a decent understanding of money mm -hmm. and with something in the bank uh, that's invested for them. I want my parents to enjoy retirement to the absolute full and to be able to make the most of what they've worked really hard to accumulate and achieve over the years. And then, of course, I've got an eye on my own, on my wife and my finances to make sure that our ship steady and, and growing for the future is that is that a common thing 
it's a really common thing, James. And if you just think back, if you li- if I asked you to write down everything that you said there that you want for everybody else as well as yourself, that can be really stressful um, as well. So we are, and I say we for the the age range that we're in collectively, what's termed as a sandwich generation, in that you can sometimes not only have parents but also grandparents and children who like you say, you wanting to support them to become independent, but at the same time, you want to help them along the way as well. And then you can easily lose sight of you because you're thinking about everybody else first. So our key message is to look at putting your own oxygen mask on first. And then it makes you a lot stronger to be able to look at supporting the generation up the way and down the way. And we will help you with that. Uh, well, that was um, very sage advice, Rachel, and uh, something that I will bear in mind. Do we have any any final thoughts for 2023? One snappy piece of advice that we can give to listeners of this pod that they will carry with them for the next 12 months. Enjoy the journey. It's not all about the end destination. Oh, it's, she's packed. <laughs> sorry Rachel enjoy the journey philosophical hour we do we so much focus on the end game but you need to kind of just enjoy getting there as well and it's not all about spending money it's it can be the smaller things it can be the experiences um and you know those moments where you kind of catch yourself and it can be whether you're going for a walk with a dog and there's an amazing sunset and just taking that moment and thinking, yeah, do you know what? The noise and the news can wait because there's a lot that I've got um, and there's a lot that's worth enjoying now. Pam, Abigail, who's going to hit me up next? (laughs) Beat that one that one well it won't be <laughs> philosophical anyway Mine, mine's more practical because that's just who I am um I, I well I think my my sage advice for for 2023 would just be to if you have any concerns if you have any worries if you have any stress at all just reach out and ask um ask for help um you know if 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 it's a case of me coming out and sitting down and, and having a look through bank statements with you and just getting, you know, getting things tidied up and sorted out, that's fine. Um, you know, or or if, it, if you know, it's more complicated and you want to know what the big pile of paperwork means, that's also fine. So any worry, any stress, just reach out. Thank you, Pam. Abigail? Mine's pretty similar. I just, yeah, I just want everyone to have a happy 2023. So if something's niggling you or bothering you, um, you know, financial stresses and things like that. Just just get them addressed um, and do more of what makes you happy. Uh, thank you very much for those, uh, ladies. So we've spoken a lot today about picking up the phone, about getting in touch, about seeking advice. So the phone number, Rachel, is... 01228-526-976. And if somebody wants to drop you a quick email... Rachel which is spelt R-A-C-H-A-E-L dot bell, B-E-L-L, at S-J-P-P dot co dot UK. Thank you very much. 
So ladies, we're not entirely sure when we're going to come back with season two of the pod, but it's been an absolute pleasure to reconvene for this special New Year episode. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. If you are listening, uh, we very much hope that you have found this to be uh, useful, informative, thought-provoking. We wish you all uh, a very happy and uh, successful and healthy 2023. Thank you, James. Thanks, James. Thank you, James. We always want to hear what you've got to say about the pod. So if you've got any questions or comments, just head to our social media channels across Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. Search for Rachel Bell Wealth Management and as if by magic, the ladies will appear. Or you can head to our website, rachelbellwealthmanagement.co.uk, where there's a contact us form. We also need you to know that the value of an investment with St. James's Place will be directly linked to the performance of the funds you select, and the value can therefore go down as well as up. You may get back less than you invested. The levels and basis of taxation and reliefs from taxation can change at any time. The value of any tax relief depends on individual circumstances. Rachel Bell Wealth Management is an appointed representative of and represents only St. James's Place Wealth Management PLC, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority for the purpose of advising solely on the group's wealth management products and services. More details of which are set out on the group's website, sjp.co.uk. SJP approved on the 4th of January 2023.